Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is James Williams, and today you are in for a sensorial experience with a very, very good friend of mine and one of the one of this earth's most amazing, incredible connectors and beautiful people uh, that I've been so fortunate to get to know. Um, Mr. David Brower is joining us, and I'm so, so grateful. David, thank you so much for joining us today. David is, uh, what I love about David, he is what we like to call the sensorial human guy. He is all about connection and, and human human spiritual connection and, and sensorial experiences. Um, he is known as the human connection intelligence expert. He is a speaker, a trainer, a facilitator, and a coach. Um, he is, his purpose is ultimately here. He's here to recognize and appreciate that the missing link to ultra performance is found in the quality of our human relationships. Isn't that beautiful? Among one of the first certified high-performance coaches by Brendan Bouchard, our mutual mentor, um, and one of the first to take that into Europe um, all that time ago, David is also trained in the CTI Coactive Coaching Method. He's the creator of his own proprietary human expansion and connection live event, the Sensorial Experience Day, an immersive, unforgettable day of soul rejuvenation, energy renaissance, and connection with self and other rediscovery. David has a particularly developed sense around food and cooking that he brings to his events as the central essence of connecting all our senses and everything that makes us uniquely human around miraculous and everyday food experiences an available form of human experience and expansion and transformation for anyone that we can all access all the time. David also um, developed the foundation of his alivefulness teachings and trainings and a live activated awareness appreciation an amplified sensorial experience of everyday experiences and in strong connection with others for ultra, ultra performance in work and home life. And many, many other things. David is like, you know, he's been there, he's done it. And ultimately, what's beautiful about David is that with all of this and what he's doing right now with the, uh, the Network for Transformational Leaders over here in Europe, with all this, David, David awakens every day and has a massive amount of appreciation for his epic 25-year marriage that he has with his beautiful wife and, yes, in their home in Paris, France, David, welcome, and thank you so much for, for joining us today. Well, that was one hell of an introduction. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I could have kept going, right? There's a, there's a lot of stuff there. No, this is beautiful. Thank you. I'm, I am uh, graciously, warmly welcomed, and it feels great. Fantastic. Well, David, you know, it's, um, the, reason we ha you know, the reason we've got you on the show today is because, like a lot of our guests, you really have done something very, very special with your life and you really managed to connect with a very very powerful authentic part of yourself and what we tend to find with a lot of our guests is there was something back when that really shifted that really caused caused a massive shift in their life that motivated them to to go in a direction that was ultimately going to lead them to this place of awareness and impact that you find yourself now what would you say that was for you Probably when I failed horribly on the LSAT exam uh, when I was at UCLA studying political science, thinking I was going to become a lawyer. 
<laughs> and knowing in my heart that I did not want to become a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and so that failure uh, really put me into a bit of a tailspin and made me realize I was not pursuing the right life. Mm. And I needed, to, I needed to escape. I needed to adventure. I needed to, to leap to go somewhere else and change my context, change my surroundings. Uh, I grew up in Beverly Hills and uh, went to UCLA and I was kind of caught up in uh, that whole thing and watching lawyers on TV and saying, wow, what a cool life and so sexy and so smart and lots of money and, and all these kinds of things, which is great, uh, but not really liking at all the path to get there or the activity to do that. So mm. luckily something sparked and snapped in me necessarily that said flee you know you need to go somewhere to get to get away from this and that's what i did i got on a plane with a one-way ticket and came to paris france and that was uh 27 years ago wow and this was three weeks after i got out of college can you imagine and you know i thought i was coming for about a year to take a break and then go back to law school this is what i was telling everyone right even though you know, my results were horrible, and I didn't want to go to law school, but to save face and to feel like I had something to say also, right, from all the uh, the pressure and everyone kind of in their own way mm. heading towards the path, which a lot of my, I look back on, and they didn't follow their path, right? They followed someone else's path. Right, yeah. So, so I was able to break away and come to Paris, and it completely opened me up to an entirely radically different way, especially back then of experiencing life, of um, seeing the world, uh, of relating to food, of, uh, you know, of, of working to live and not living to work. Uh, and like everything got thrown up in the air uh, around me and um, I gave myself an opportunity to roam and spend a few years, I ended up staying, obviously, <laughs> and spent a few years just kind of roaming, which we don't really let ourselves do uh, too much anymore. It's all about racing to get into it and mm. get it going. And and I think I was very fortunate to have um, gotten off that train and gotten on my own train and found my own speed and my own tracks and my own way of going at this. And I was able to really pull out of uh, the context that I was in. And I left my family. I knew nobody here, you know, I had to completely learn the language and the culture and, and surrounded myself only by French people. So I was entirely immersed. And I suddenly realized that I really love being in a, in a diverse situation where I'm kind of the outsider. I'm mm. kind of, uh, I have to really like everything that I am kind of um, stands out when you're in a group of diverse per people, right? Uh, you're not like all the same. Suddenly someone's different. And there's an appreciation for that. And particularly here in Europe, we're very spoiled being with so many cultures and languages and the, the mixing of that. So so this was really a trigger for me, you know, to, to let me say, wow, I can see life and experience life so differently. Let me, you know, what does this mean to how I want to, how I want to live my life and lead my life and the choices I make and the work I'm going to do, mm. how I'm going to spend my money and how I'm going to relate to that and all these different, you know, relationships and connections that, that we have were completely like thrown up in the air. And for a while it was difficult, Sky. I was like comparing, oh, we do that there, but here we do this. You kind of do this comparison thing. It was mm -hmm. like one and the other. And then little by little, if you're lucky, which I feel like I am, you start to integrate and fuse the best of both worlds, the best of each world. And hopefully on the sides, the part that's not so good kind of gets brushed on the 
outside in you and you live this life kind of as a perpetual um, neophyte and beginner's mind and you know as you as you're in a place where I feel like I'm always a tourist and there's something really refreshing that's beautiful about that that, mm-hmm. that I love so so yeah that that was really that that trigger which was obviously a monumental shift uh, mm. seven years I've been here more now than I spent growing up in the United States. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? Um, isn't it amazing what an environment shift does to your relationship with yourself, your perspective of the world around you? Like you said so eloquently, it really, really throws everything up in the air and kind of makes you question yourself and question everything you've grown up with. What did initially, what did that do to your relationship with yourself? How were you, as you were in this new environment and suddenly questioning um, you know, what you thought you wanted and, and seeing so many differences and feeling so many differences in the mm. environment and with the people. What did that do initially with the relationship you had with yourself, having come from what you just described as, you know, a failure in one area that, of your life that, you, you know, you thought you wanted to be something and it hadn't worked out. So how did you, how did you rebuild that relationship? Well, it took a little, a little time already to realize that, I just wasn't he- heading on the path that I really wanted to. I wasn't listening to my heart. I heard right. my heart. Mm-hmm. And it didn't mean that I had an answer, but I knew I didn't want to go in the direction I was going. Mm-hmm. By leaving it in a few months, I realized um, when I wasn't under that pressure, uh, that that really wasn't was going to be my fulfillment. I wasn't going to self-actualize by mm-hmm. you know, staying on that particular bus. And just that insight right there changed everything for me. It gave me this feeling like actually, you know, I'm the one deciding. Mm. I don't have to decide for my parents. I don't have to decide for my friends, my culture. I'm the one who gets to take responsibility for that. Now, this, of course, means, you know, especially when you get out of school, it's like, okay, you got to take care of your money, right? You got to take care of your situation. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's really like threw upon me this reality that's a double-edged sword that like I'm in the driver's seat. I'm not just in the side passenger seat or in the back seat, you know, like with some gathering where everyone else is kind of making decisions about their thing and I need to somehow kind of make in function of their decision. No, um, I'm here to to find my own way mm. and it doesn't have to do with anyone's and I don't need anyone's permission. No. I don't, uh, you know, and then I can do it uh, my way. And that takes taking responsibility and taking the hits and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But already that one realization was like everything. Mm. One thing I love to to share with other people is, you know, get out of the context that you're in before you really choose where you want to go with your, with your life, particularly younger people. Yeah. Uh, so caught up, I mean... I have some people in the family, some younger members in the family. I just have one actually graduated from high school. And it already says on her high school, what on her high school graduation like uh, card to invite us to go, it has what her major is in college already. Like where she's going to college and what her major is when she's just finishing high school. I've never seen that before. I guess that's the new custom. And you already know what you're going to do but I've, a lot of people it's like oh I want to be a veterinarian and then they realize well no that's not really what they're and it's kind of like they're saying stuff because of the pressure yeah and how can we know what we want to be if we don't experiment and for me that was the next thing was okay I'm starting to realize that I can listen to myself now how do I apply myself 
and experiment myself in different things that I'm being drawn to, mm. to actually activate that. And, uh, you know, I thinking about being a writer, well, let me spend some time writing and see where that goes. I'm thinking about, you know, being uh, in the movie business. Well, let me go work on a set. Let me go whatever it is to actually get an experience of it. So actually feel what the actual work is like and how you are in the work. And if it's something that you feel like you're bringing your strengths to the, the table on. And, and I just realized where I was heading was not bringing my strengths uh, really to the table. Or if it was bringing my strengths, um, it was using the strengths as like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Cherry on it. Then I'm like, no, I want my strengths to be the main axis, the main force of, of what I do and how I do it and how I'm being. And not just like the wrapping. So I do something I really don't like, but I'm using my forces on the periphery. Yeah. And that's the place a lot of people find themselves, right? It's interesting going from what you're describing as rather than looking ahead to something I roughly know what other people have done and what it might feel like, you're pointing yourself in a direction that you don't know what's going to happen, but it feels good from, from, from a deeper place. It's like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if there's any money in it. But if I just think about what feels good right now, that's where the decision's coming from. Yeah. No one knows what it's like to be a veterinarian. You don't know what that's going to be like. You don't know what it's going to be like to be a lawyer. You've just seen, as you described, you've seen what other people experience. And they might be smiling or they might be waving cash around. But it seems that what you've done, you, the shift really connected you with a deeper place that meant you're making decisions from what feels good in that moment as a direction to experience or find out about even if it doesn't work out and that's a really courageous move because like you said then you're taking full responsibility which means that in their driver's seat you know you might crash because you might go down a lane you've never been down before you might not have the experience to go there but you're you're being brave enough to saying do you know what i'm just going to go in the direction that this thing here is calling me to go in. And I think that takes a lot of courage. And um, it, it reminds me of this quote I've got written down here that I've, I've heard you say before and you, you uh, kindly wrote down for me, no pleasure, no diamonds. <laughs> and ultimately, I think, you know, what you're talking about is that it doesn't matter how much money you earn or how much respect you get. If you're not feeling it here, if you're not getting pleasure from it, um, there is no, there is no pay, you know, there's, there's no success. There's no, you know, that feeling of ultimately what we're after in life, right? That joy, that, um, that feeling of achievement. And so, um, it's a beautiful thing. Tell me a little bit, um, if you could, if you could finish off before we go to our first break, if you could finish off this area of self-discovery with, for our audience, for everyone listening, everyone like zoned in on everything you're saying right now, how, how can they start to appreciate their life a little bit more rather than being so connected to something in the future that they're, that they're chasing? How can they be more connected to their life more now? Mm, it's a great question. This is my, my life's practice. And it's probably, you know, we say that you teach what you most need, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, a perpetual student of uh, trying to, to ritualize that and live my life and actually create a lifestyle that that drives me to this. So one of the things absolutely, of course, is your relationship with food and learning to cook masterfully. Mm. That is gotta be uh, one of the greatest, uh, bring you into the moment, sensorial, uh, mindful, meditative, 
creative expression, send love through uh, food, you know, uh, connect with others, uh, you know, joyful, pleasurable, self-love, nourishing kind of things you can actually do in life. And mm. it's gotten a bad rap, particularly cooking has gotten a really bad rap. You know, people will spend 20 minutes meditating by themselves, but then to cook for themselves, <laughs> it's got to be five minutes, right? <laughs> in a relationship, that's, that's the ultimate way to do it because that's three days a week for most people. Uh, and, you know, you start to realize when you do that because cooking brings all your senses. It's one of the things with probably sex uh, that brings all your senses right, uh, alivens them. Uh, and it's probably the only place where it's kind of good to multitask because you're you're like smelling, you're heating this and stirring this, and and suddenly you have this like sixth sense opens up where you mm. kind of, you know, once you've done it for a while, you get into like this state of, you know, infinite flow, and it's the perfect example of you can't think of anything else but what you're involved in. Yeah. And that big cooking is up. You like that, especially when you get a big knife, and you're cutting. If you're thinking about that spreadsheet, you're you know, and that lead. <laughs> That, you know, lawyer thing you're working on or that fight you had or, you know, you might cut yourself. Not a good thing, right? Nice. So super present for that. And the other thing is, of course, food is with people usually. So right. people is the focus. How much are you really focusing on caring about the person that you're with at, at every moment? Mm. And it's just kind of beyond presence is also being attentive to the person, uh, caring for the person expressing, you know, and kind of an extreme form of abundant generosity and, you know, love with a big L if it's not just love anyway for the person. This brings you superbly into the present moment to, you know, try and sense the person beyond just like, oh, how's it going? You know, and just like the silly things that we do in conversation and stuff. I mean, let's create some emotion together. Laughter, crying, let's share something that is going to, we're going to feel it. And because we feel it, we're suddenly in the present moment. It takes over from this dominant world spin, like maelstrom, shrapnel, you know, like (laughs) turbulent that's going like (laughs) fight a mixer in our head, right? That we can't seem to like get out of to kind of, uh, you know, balance it a bit. Mm. And so uh, connection with people, I think, is a key thing. So you go to the supermarket, you're walking down the street, you know, wherever you are in the taxi, all these moments, you, it's all around us. It's so easy. And this is this is for me is using everyday life stuff is what really uh, does this. Of course, you can meditate. Of course, you uh, can do other things, uh, sports and other activities that actually bring you into kind of a state of flow, which is a real connection with yourself. But I really feel through food, um, cooking, and all the sensorial stuff that comes around that, and people, you can do absolutely magical things to um, grow your presence with yourself. And as you're more present, you start to eat more qualitatively because you want to taste things that are better. And you're elevating, you're suddenly realizing, wow, this is the first level of self-love. So I don't have to go out and take vitamins, or I don't have to start some diet, or I don't have to take on some kind of regime, uh, which everyone has to make their own decisions about these things. but I think as you get more uh, more in tune with this, you're really present to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's where vitality comes it from. Is. This this essence of uh, take caring, taking care of yourself, you know, masterfully, really. 
It's beautiful, David. And I, I don't know if any, anyone else noticed. I'm sure they will. But as soon as you started talking about food, it was like your whole body and face reacted. It was like this beautiful thing. Of, oh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And this leads us perfectly to what we're going to be talking about after this short break, where we take that beautiful relationship that you've, that you've nurtured and developed with yourself, how you've then used food as a way of really creating almost like a mindfulness practice connecting with yourself and then then getting to share that with and you know other people and connecting with other people so after this short break we're going to be diving into how those human connections that you've developed um with that incorporation of your relationship yourself has really has really led you to where you are and so we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Welcome back, everybody. So we are here with the awesome sensorial David Brower, who is uh, getting just pumped up about food right now. So, uh, David, now we, you know you, you told us this beautiful story of you going to you know going to France and developing an amazing new relationship with yourself, and ultimately this new direction you were going in, and food was discussed just before the break and you lit up like a Christmas tree. And so I would love to hear how this beautiful relationship with food and new connections in your life um, have played such an important role in your life. Everything is relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Relationship with ourself, relationship with others, relationship with the universe, relationship with food, relationship with our work. I mean, everything at the end of the day is this kind of um, connection, this interaction thing that happens. Uh, and so I kind of realized after I'd gotten to France a little bit that in particular with the relationship with food, that a lot happened around food here. Um, the conversations would, you know, go crazy. I mean, it's like, you know, I came from a place in Los Angeles where you, you eat so that you can then go somewhere else afterwards. Right. It's like the, the dining experience together is not the point. It's we do this, but this isn't enough. We need to actually go and do something, you know, else. And I and I started to realize here that it was completely the opposite. That it was uh, all about connecting through conversation around gorgeous food, mm. and that pretty much you know around the table we'd be talking about sex, politics, you know, food, uh, and sex, politics, and food, right? You know, pretty much in culture, let's say. Yeah. These sorts of things. So I started to realize little by little that there's a huge amount of reward in just the connection between people. And that could be the gift in itself. That the time you spend with somebody 
uh, is at the end of the day, really what leads to deeper connection, particularly if you do something um, that you both love together. Uh, some people like to, you know, go do challenging things together. And that's one way to kind of connect with people. I feel also that something that's a bit more reasonable for our daily lives is to connect through something, you know, super pleasurably. So um, I started to realize that the more that I could learn about food, the more I could talk about food, the more I could share with others. And it was incredible also because I'd sit around a table and like, we'd talk about a movie that someone saw or something we were eating or, I'm like, everyone would have like a different opinion. And I was like, you know, I was a little bit, you know, like, a little bit shy to like express really what I felt about something when I first came here. And I realized that true connection is about being yourself and expressing who you are. And that mm-hmm. gives you that unique personality and that style and that panache and mm-hmm. you know, hiding behind that because you're afraid of what someone maybe will think of what you've expressed is not going to connect you to people. It's not going to let people know who you really are, what you're made of, mm-hmm. you know, how you, you know, what your, what your personality is really like and so little by little here on tables i started to realize well i could also say that that movie sucked even though you know the person i liked the most at the table like loved that movie right (laughs) and and it's like you know it's not like oh my god it's something this was probably me projecting but it's kind of like this thing that comes between us so for me it was suddenly this this moment of true connection was you can express who you are in the world what you like, what you don't like. Um, you don't have to fear uh, um, judgment or criticism or, and even if it comes, it's conversation. Mm. And it's going to kind of wash in and out. It should go in one ear and out the other. And, you know, as long as no one's getting hurt or, you know, this kind of stuff. But uh, so connection actually started to open up to me and say, wow, uh, I'm actually pretty good at this. Um, I actually you know, super enjoy exchanging with people and doing it in a way that's like an art form. I mean, like loving people in a way is is connecting with them and creating this moment of uh, uh, of energy exchange, right? Yeah. When you walk to somebody who's not expecting it to be sitting at their desk working or something and like, I don't know, you pour some water over their head or something, you know, or you start a conversation about something that they had no idea you were going to talk about or, you know, and suddenly like things start to loosen up with people and you really start to to connect. And in particular, if you start to reach out to people that you want to connect with or that you want to take care of or that you feel you get a sense that they're not feeling good, they're not being taken well care of, you know, you're opening that connection to them uh, opens up so much of the world to people yeah it's so important david and i know we were talking about this the other day and uh, what's wonderful about what you're saying is that a lot of the time the people that are are more scared of connecting because they're afraid of being judged that true connection isn't about um telling people what they want to hear or blending in true connection is being able to express yourself regardless of whether the other person agrees with what you're saying or not so, and so if we think about how you built this wonderful relationship with self and became un, you know, unapologetic with the direction you were going in and now relating that to how you connect with people and being unapologetic about your opinions in, you know, with love, 
um, not to be argumentative. Um, it, it just reminds me of something you, you wrote down earlier about human connection being the ultimate performance hack for you. Um, because it's built yeah. in so beautifully into you being authentic and being okay with um, discussing that and sharing opinions. And, and, you know, for those people listening that I know there are a lot of more introverted people out there that feel it's very, they feel it's very hard to connect because of that fear of judgment. Um, you don't have to have people agree with you. People don't have to agree with you. And a lot of it is the way you come across and your tone. You don't have to be defensive when you share an opinion. You can, you can share an opinion with love and, um, and be okay with whatever comes back your way. How, so how, how has that been true for you? You were around these tables. You were, you were realizing, wait a minute, I get an opinion here. I get to discuss and it's okay to have a different opinion. How did that then start to cultivate in the way that you were moving forward? Well, at first here was very hard because I hardly spoke the language and I was only surrounded by French people. And, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a little bit difficult. I mean, it's one of the most challenging environments, right? Sitting around a dinner table with six or eight people and they're mm -hmm. telling stories and using slang and, and I'm totally lost. So I'm in the kitchen cooking, right? <laughs> and, you know, you just start to realize that if you can somehow be involved in the conversation, even if you don't have an opinion, but at least you're being... In, you're involved and what I mean by that is also you're receiving from others and I think for shy people this can be part of this also is I mean sitting around the table maybe you're not saying much but you know at least that you're like letting receive um, the energy that's coming around the table the jokes and things I mean it reminds me of a story when I I was in the south of France uh, uh, at a trade show in Cannes uh, around a TV festival and we went out to dinner with a, a group of really uh, really superstar creative people from Disney and other kind of really rock star companies. I mean, super creative people doing like kids animation things, et cetera. I mean, like crazy, like crazy funny, crazy creative. And I sat around the table there and they started sharing jokes and everything. And I felt like, oh my God, I have nothing to share, um, which was wrong. But um, I was so overwhelmed and like so impressed. And so like, I suddenly felt like Tom Thumb, right? And I completely closed off and I couldn't even laugh at the jokes they were telling because they were so loosened up and so free. And I swore to myself from that moment that, you know, I didn't want to be that person. Mm. I wasn't that person. And I need to get over that by, you know, first of all, getting interested in what other people are saying and, you know, letting myself loosen up and like as much as I can feel like I'm a friend with people right off from the bat. What would you say to those, because I can hear them, what would you say to those that, are, that say, but yes, David, you know, I, I could open up, I could be fearless, I could assume trust and love from everyone and just go out there and be big and bold and how I want to actually show up. What happens if I get that thrown back in my face? What happens if someone does verbally judge me? What happens if that causes me to shut down? What would you say to those people? Well, first of all, it's not going to be so black and white. You don't need to in every situation, you know, <laughs> throw yourself into the fire. Um, you know, go about this kind of cautiously. I'm not just saying, you know, go into the master level, Jedi kind of, <laughs> kind of thing, like part of my sleeve, you know, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I would say in comfortable circumstances with people that you know, trying more quickly let go. Try and mm. more quickly be at ease inside you where you feel like, wow, I'm already like not after like one hour of conversation with your yeah. best friend, you suddenly like feel like you're back to like friends. Like try and already have the intention 
that right from the get-go, the minute you're with that person, the trigger is we're going to have the greatest time now. We don't have a second to wait mm-hmm. to share and hug. Hugging is a great thing, you know, kissing, rubbing each other's arms, touching, you know, touching in a way that shares your body also loosens you up to to the other person in uh in a kind of very connective way. So you want to work on kind of opening up your chest, mm. right, is a big thing. I mean, when we stand like this, that's not going to help us grow. Um, you've got to kind of, you know, before you walk into a place, kind of do the power posing, Amy Cuddy, or just kind of open up your energy. And, you know, just kind of when you feel like there's something kind of positive or somebody you like or somebody you say, wow, I'm really interested in what they're saying, do that there. Go there and give a piece. Mm. Go to the person that's like you're not getting energy from, you're not getting the attention from, you know, kind of screw them, right? <laughs> Go first to yeah. where you're feeling some resonance and, and things. And and then just afterwards realize it's kind of a game and it's meant to be fun and you can't, everyone can't love you. And in any case, that's not the point. Uh, you know, and I tell myself this, you know, all the time. And I, I still run into lots of situations where I feel kind of, this isn't my place. These aren't my people, uh, you know. But all I keep saying to myself is, you know, find someone here that you can relate with. You know, and you go around and you start kind of a joke. or So I say, if you do something that's a little bit letting loose, you'll realize if you've fallen on somebody that you spark something, that it just takes off like a flame, right? You're yeah. just the spark. So think to yourself, I'm just going to go around and light some sparks and it's going to hit somebody. Off. Yeah, but don't just like go once, like you go once, and it's like the person like looks up away from you afterwards, and, and then you're like, you know? <laughs> "That's so, the big misconception." It's um, exactly, I think yeah. any kind of progress, um, it it seems it seems like you've just got to go big or go home, and and actually, you know, I, I like to think of it as a dial. You know, just turn it up a little bit, just a little bit each day, right? And uh, just step outside of comfortable a little bit, because ultimately, that's you know, freedom, isn't it, is, um, is getting to express. And this is what we're learning from you, David, is, is how, to, how, to, how to feel more, how to, how to get all those senses sparked and lit up um, as much as we possibly can, whether it be with food or with people or ourselves. And it's such a beautiful experience already. Um, I've heard you talk, I've heard you talk about, oh, go. Another thing. If, if all else fails, if all else fails when you're connecting with people in your own place, you know, just always remember that you're walking around looking like this. <laughs> and maybe even buy a pair for yourself because I'm telling you, walk around with these, you will find the right people. You will find the right people. What you're experiencing me. right now is, is uh, <laughs> I get pictures like this from David all the time. <laughs> right just pictures of him with with something crazy on his face and it's just you know we've had this conversation before david about connecting to your childlike side of having mm-hmm. fun and and um you know we don't have to we don't have to grow up completely there's there's that still that fun part that exists we don't always have to you know be so serious and uh david's the best person for this he, he brings in the fun all the time david i've heard you say i've heard you mention the idea of being free to roam and it feels like what you were talking about even in a social circumstance was um was along those lines um can you expand on that a little bit more yeah i'm very passionate about this for everybody we don't we don't give ourselves the opportunity to actually explore um experiment and kind of just wander now for in a social setting this could be 
you know, um, going out to dinner with like a group of people you probably wouldn't usually go out to dinner with. So let's say you don't spend a lot of time with artists, artists or artistic people. Go out to dinner with some artistic people, um, you know, performers, actors, singers, dancers, whatever. Uh, and I'm sure you will feel a completely different experience of connection of life, uh, of what following your passion is like, because creative people have done this. They've wandered to pursue creative expression. Um, and you'll see many of them have done multiple forms of artistic expression as they, they try and find their thing and they try and find success and resonance, of course. Uh, but along the way, they're letting themselves um, roam. And this is like in creating something. When we're writing a book or something, the first draft is roaming. You kind of try and connect to this, all these things that are kind of coming out of you that you can't foresee, yeah. that you can't calculate, that are not rational, that doesn't follow a plan, that's about serendipity, that's about connecting to this subconscious creativeness that's going to allow you to be more in kind of a fluid thing here instead of like either being here or being here or like there's like this struggling thing going on here. But so you're kind of really fluidly mixing between the two brains and you get into this dance thing, right? And and this is roaming. Roaming is really letting yourself go out there and not really know what's going to happen. It's having that conversation with that sex therapist um, about, you know, really how important is sex in a relationship or what is good sex, you know, you know, or it's talking to a, a homosexual, uh, you know, about grinder, like, how does that work? I mean, with all these things that we're like uncomfortable about, right? Mm. Uh, that we're like curious about, we're like voyeuristic because we go to movies and we watch documentaries and we read books about murder mystery and this and that. It's like, and then we get into real life and we're not really letting ourselves kind of explore. So we need to viscerally e experiment with our own thing of going to get mm. that you know, gong massage, of going and swimming with the dolphins, of going to some evening we would never have considered going to uh, before or going out with somebody that, you know, we hadn't thought about, you know, before. And so finding yourself in different kind of contexts that allow you to kind of see how you are in them. And little by little, if you're observant enough about how you feel about where you are and you don't just focus on these people are different than me. There's nothing here for me. You kind of say, well, what is there here for me? Mm -hmm. Get curious, right? You get super curious uh, about it. And again, you kind of just, you kind of just, uh, you know, roam. Mm, get curious. Roam. We don't really know how to do this today, right? Right. And some people don't even know how to go on holiday, right? Without it being like ultra planned from one second to the next. Yeah, it feels too easy to stay comfortable, right? Whether it's career or life, it, people, well, the human experience used to be that, well, human beings, like, we we go too comfortable very, very easily. And I think um, if we're learning anything today is that from that very first trip to France that you took is that evolution happens when we step outside of the bubble, when we step outside of our comfort zone, when we get brave and explore and, and poke around and look in the places that we've never been before and do it and immerse ourselves in it. Don't do it like a secret way, like really explore and that's how we evolve that's how if anyone listening you think about the last time that you you, you genuinely felt some excitement or joy or um 
you know, a day that really was just lit you up inside, I guarantee you, you were doing something that was a bit different that you'd never experienced before. That was maybe a surprise. And it's such a beautiful way to, to conclude this part of the call. We're going to be coming back after the break and we're going to wrap this up on a beautiful bow as David's going to talk a little bit about how all of this relates to his relationship with his purpose, with his life connection, with where he's going now. It's not over yet, people. All of this, all of this stuff that David's been immersing himself in and giving back to the world, we're going to talk about how he's actually giving back and how he is, or has already made so much of an impact in the world and what plans he has in the future. It's going to be an awesome, an awesome conclusion to this a fantastic interview. So don't miss it. We'll be right back. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You are here listening to the I Heart My Life show with the beautiful David Brower and his stunning glasses, having some fun, connecting to all of us and displaying what a wonderful world it really is if you allow yourself to roam and experience everything that, it, that we have to offer, um, everything the world has to offer. And, you know, David has been so generous with his time and he's explained to us all about this journey he took to, to Paris, France and how he reconnected with himself and reconnected with, you know, the experience that he wanted his life to be all about and how that's led him to connect with people in a much deeper way, connect with cooking and, and experience and everything in his life in a very different, immersive way. And what I want to know now, uh, David, is... What have you, how have you been, how have you, how have you been using all these experiences to, to make an impact and where are you going from now? How are you connecting to your mission and what is that? Mm. Deep questions. questions. (laughs) You know, I've always wanted to live a life that was of my own making. That was my own path. Uh, I, I used to be super anxious about feeling that I wouldn't like self-actualize, that I would be living someone else's life. And I just, that was just knacking at me all the time. And I started to realize a lot of it was just about me being me, you know, in whatever I was doing was really the main thing because I was already kind of making, you know, good decisions, I I would say for my life. Uh, But it was to always be checking in with me to make sure that I was, you know, staying on uh, the, you know, the resonance and the vibration that was me, uh, and coming across as uh, the person that I am in every moment, and you know, as much as possible. So how do you and- go about making those great decisions? I mean, you've talked about, you know, creating and cultivating this really powerful, pleasurable life. How, how are you using that now to, to make sure that you are making great decisions in alignment with this person here? Yeah. Well, firstly, everyone should, first of all, take care of themselves. And what I mean by that is you need to be in, you know, extraordinary, uh, energetic, physiological, emotional uh, 
shape uh, to be able to live an exceptional life. There's no doubt about it. So the first thing in parallel to everything else that's going on in life is to be able to, to recognize where you maybe need to shine some light and you need some love and caring and attention so that you can actually heal yourself with yourself and that you can bring that self into the world and you start to live a much more gorgeous life already because you're living something that's fresh, that you're constantly checking into every day, that you're not letting spoil, that you're paying attention to, that you're caring for. Mm. Because as long as you're doing that and you are a giving person, an abundant person, you'll be able to give so abundantly and so generously and the right kind of energy. So this isn't an ego game that I'm at all interested in, but I am interested in, in cultivating such a high level of well-being and vitality that I can live the life that I want and make decisions in the right space, abundant ones, and know that the decision is my path. That's my way. And, um, you know, I will work for the boss that I want to work for. And if not, I will leave. Um, I will, you know, I will have the friendships that, you know, I want to pursue uh, and maintain and, you know, and take ownership for these kinds of things so but firstly it's really like taking care of yourself and knowing yourself and and so letting yourself roam as we talked about is so important alone letting yourself roam a lot and meet different people and experience different things and and start to realize what you love about life Uh, and and start to hone in on those things and little by little you realize really what is what makes life worth living for you and if you start to make your decisions based on those things you don't get caught in you know fomo you fall into jomo and what i call pomo the pleasure of missing out you know on that you can do what you really want to do and be with the people that you really want to be and spend the money where you want to be spending your money and make the you know job decision the career decision the way that are that make the most sense so you know it's the first thing is really being able to take care of yourself at many levels including your financial all these kinds of things already very important to get to this level of, of buoyancy um, so you can then really live generously and make better, I would say, better better decisions. And you connect with people from a place that's not needy, that's not um, anxious, that's not transactional, that's more about like, wow, you're like, you're super, super fascinating, James, and super kind and generous and open-minded and always searching to learn and grow. And it's like so cool spending time with you. You know, and, and, and I feel like I see you and I feel you see me and I feel you see me. And like, you know, suddenly you can you can start to have the conversations that are actually more interesting yeah. and fun and pleasurable uh, with people. Uh, and where I don't have those, that kind of feeling, that resonance, um, that's not where I'm focusing. That's not where I'm going. And sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, the quality of what comes into me is a quality that's what's going to come out of me. It's like right. when I walk by, I walk by. Um, newspaper kiosks uh, and I've trained myself not to look at them because all it is is scandal magazines and you know naked women and porno magazines and all these political people that you know we're not really proud of and you know it's not mostly uh, it's drawing to me all the stuff that I'm not interested in being focused on Mm. Uh, you know I don't watch television because I want to be able to choose what I watch when I watch it and I've just I've tried as much as I can to train myself um, to do that. And food, we could keep going back to food. 
Um, food is the ultimate self-love. It's the ultimate way to heal yourself. Uh, it's the ultimate way to sincerely get yourself out of your head so you feel like, wow, I'm back connected with the earth when I touch these carrots and tomatoes and there's all these myriad of colors. And when I'm really present to it, it releases yourself into something deeper and uh, more what I call sensorial, but it's more emotional and um, more uh, out of your head. I mean, think about it. When you go out to dinner from work and you go, you're sitting at work and then you go sit somewhere and someone's serving you and you're looking at a menu and you're not at all sensorially involved with the meal. You're not able to really, in my opinion, you're not able to really leave kind of what's going on. And most times people are talking about work because they've just come from work. They're dressed as if they're at work. And, and, and overall, you're like not in this movement thing of like, oh, my God, I could burn myself. Oh, my God, I could burn the dish. Oh, my God, you know, I need to put flowers on this and make this pretty. I need to, you know, and meanwhile, I want to be drinking wine. And so, you know, it's it's this idea of really releasing yourself from this thing. Mm-hmm. Start to connect more with what you what you love uh, and not feel lack or, you know, that you're somehow there's something wrong with you or uh, that you need to you need to go on some crazy diet or you need to do all these things, which to me are are signs that you're not spending enough time, uh, you know, learning how to really take care of yourself as the planet was to my heart was made to uh, to nourish us. Yeah. This leads into this whole thing about, you know, people for, for me, people are getting a little bit extreme about. You know, it's very controversial, but like the idea of, you know, don't eat red meat. Well, okay. I mean, that's, I I understand that. And I don't eat a lot of red meat at all, uh, maybe once a month or something, but I'm not against people eating meat. I'm against people eating meat three times a day. I'm against people eating bad meat that they buy, you know, um, in the wrong place. Um, they don't know their butcher. They don't really care about what they're buying. They're not getting strategic about sourcing their foods in a way that's gorgeous. I mean, it's like no one's getting strategic about this. Uh, and then you hear studies. Michael Pollan said this on Facebook the other day. I don't know if you saw this thing. He said that single women that cook for themselves are healthier than wealthy women who go out all the time. Wow. Like yeah. That. Single poor women who cook for themselves are healthier than wealthy women who go out all the time. Boom. What does that so, tell you? So there's a lot of these things that we're caught up in. We just need to kind of come back to home, reconnect with ourselves, connect with others. And then what I do now is, and what I've always done in my life here is, you know, do dinner parties and gather people, families, friends, and make it epic. I mean, make it unforgettable. Make it so like you're raising the bar every single time. You know, we do dinners with our nieces and nephews because we wanted them to connect with each other because uh, we don't have kids. But we wanted to, you know, multiple. We have 15 of them. They have like 10 kids. We bring them together without their parents. So we're like the uncle and aunt and cook epic meals. We just had one last week with them. One time we did this crazy Indian meal, which I didn't even finish before they came. So suddenly everyone was helping cooking. And I'm like these are unforgettable moments. You don't get this in a restaurant. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, I've, I've tried to find a way to create experiences that would bring in this sense of connection in a home, a feeling of home, uh, in a way that's, um, artistically driven also and pleasure driven because 
once we start to listen to music very attentively or taste something gorgeous that we're focused on or be in movement somehow or being tricked by a magician or we're doing qigong or we're you know shamanistically being led to feel like we're a tree or something like this i blended a lot of these elements into an experience i call some sort of experience day uh which is you know I don't know if it's better than going to, you know, do ayahuasca and throwing up for, you know, three days and somehow reconnecting with yourself. But I think I found a different way to not take magic mushrooms, (laughs) mushrooms that I cook to give you an ethereal, transformative kind of experience that gets you to where you want to feel reconnected again to like, oh, my God, that's me. Mm -hmm. I remember what I love about me and life. And wow, I'm seeing that in you and I'm connecting with you. And then this person and that person, all these surprises. Oh my God, you're the dancer and this is, and all this like serendipitous roaming happens Hmm. during experience also. And so I've pieced all these things together with like a chef's tasty menu. And at least one of the things that I do is bring people together in this kind of a, um, you know, a setting, uh, which really releases people. Uh, and liberates them and really reconnects them to who they are. And I think that's what we're really, and feel this is what we're really striving to do. Because again, as I said, I feel that my self-actualization is through this constant connection with realizing really who I who I am, what I love about life and people and, and not getting caught up in in my head too much in my mm-hmm. you know, super anxious thoughts and comparing. And, and yeah, this takes a lot of... Um, you know, coming back to yourself and doing the things that enable you to reconnect with yourself. And again, cooking is one of the ways to do this. So so that's one of the things I do. I've done this in companies at some level. Um, and yeah, I'm really trying to help people to kind of externalize what they're feeling. You said it earlier, we were, I don't think we we're kind of offline, but you were talking about the sort of alignment between like what you're feeling and, and expressing. And then you look at yourself like you filmed and you said, you know, I felt way more, you know, excited or uh, about it than I actually expressed, mm-hmm. um, you know, through the 43 muscles of my face or like the energy that's coming out. So I'm, you know, I'm really trying to connect people in a lot of way to that piece of themselves that we share when we're like friends together, you know, and then go share that with the world now. With everyone you meet, take this everywhere, right? And take sensorial experiences out into the world. Mm exotic people together um, and contrasting people and break this mold of like-mindedness which we've talked about yes you know variety and diversity find the fusion there and that's how we will heal the world and i'm doing it my way through my sensorial experiences bringing a crazy eclectic variety of cultures of different people of different um you know professions and activities and things together and in that kind of a, a way. So I do that and I talk a lot about that and appreciation and celebration uh, and how these things really start with ourselves. Hmm. We can already celebrate ourselves and keep doing that, you know, endlessly every day, every day, which is such a such a practice and a ritual. I mean every every philosophical, uh, spiritual, religious um, activity is really trying to get us into this you know, adoring relationship uh, with ourself. Right. Which is, you know, which we're honoring then by bringing that out into the world in a way that we connect with others and celebrate others. If we celebrate others, 
I mean, really, we can only be in a state of having celebrated ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's such an important message, and it doesn't matter who you hear it from, but self-care in every way you've described um, is is just key. I mean, how can we possibly expect to to connect and enjoy the world if we're in our heads worrying about something, you know, if we haven't fed ourselves? And, you know, what I'm really hearing from you, David, is that, you know, ultimately feeding ourselves, whether it be spiritually or nutritionally through food whether it be relationships you know feeding ourselves nurturing ourselves nourishing ourselves so that we can show up as the most present purposeful person that we possibly can allows us to do all those things even more builds momentum to give and to share and and to notice the world around us so that we can actually enjoy it and it's just you know you've painted such a beautiful picture today david and i know that listening to this is going to be so many people that are going to be scrambling to find you to experience you, to, to just see what else you have to say. Where can they find you? Where can they experience you? Where can they go to learn more about how to, you know, really gain some experience with you and what you're doing? Well, you can find me probably most uh, actively on Facebook, just at David Brower. Um, I'm, some, I'm known as the sensorial guy, but if you look up David Brower and look over the environmentalist, David Brower, the creator of the Sierra Club, uh, you know, when you Google it, <laughs> you'll probably come up before me, uh, but I'm second. Um, DavidBrower.com is another way that you can hook into me. Um, and you'll find there the different uh, accesses to get to me. I'm quite a bit also um, on Instagram as the sensorial guy. Mm-hmm. Where you can see me doing some cooking and food stuff, uh, which is always a part of my message. Uh, and those are really the main ways at least online to reach out to me so we also have uh, a free webinar here um called how to make a masterpiece of your life in three steps uh which david david is generously sharing with you all um so you just need to log on to vimeo.com forward slash 229 257735 and put in the password capital a activating the life you love with capitals after each uh, at the beginning of each word activating activating the life you love what an amazing uh, webinar an amazing free gift so write that down rewind go back make sure you get all the details correct and and that's an amazing free gift from you david thank you so much for making this a sensorial experience making this a beautiful experience for everyone listening including myself um it's it's been an absolute honor and you know we're really grateful to have you here david um so thank you so much for joining us and for everyone listening we're going to be back with another show very very soon um keep listening watching and we'll see you very very soon take care bye-bye